You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways, shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom to do your deal. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas and more, or simply soak up the sun and sand in a tropical paradise, Cheap Caribbean Vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book the exact getaway you want at exactly the right price for you by using our exclusive budget Beach Finder. Or find a featured all-inclusive package to Ibera Star Hotels and Resorts and do your deal at CheapCaribbean.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. <sighs> Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Something strange is going on. Who is killing Russian billionaires? Another Russian oligarch has been found dead. Reports suggest that he hanged himself, fell out of a window, slashed his wrists, was poisoned, murdered his whole family. Last year, more than a dozen Russian oligarchs died in the space of nine months. Many of the deaths are suspicious with links to the Kremlin. This is Sad Oligarch. An investigation into these recently dead Russian billionaires. It's created by me, Jake Hanrahan, and my colleague, Sergei Slipchenko. Sad Oligarch is a H11 production for Kuzo Media and iHeartRadio. In the space of a year, more than a dozen rich Russian businessmen have died in either brutal or mysterious circumstances. Many fell out of windows, some had heart attacks, and a few even killed their whole families before committing suicide. The official line from the Russian authorities is that most of these deaths were accidents or violent consequences of mental illness. And maybe that's true. But considering the majority of these dead rich Russians are either outright oligarchs or have other links to the Kremlin, it's possible that something much darker is taking place. These deaths have all occurred within the backdrop of the Ukraine war, a brutal invasion that has shown the whole world that Russia's President Putin is both ruthless and brazen. Maybe the Kremlin has been tying up loose ends or making examples of those who go against them, as several of these dead oligarchs have. For some, war can actually be bad for business. 
In this project, sad oligarch, I'll be investigating the numerous strange deaths of these rich Russian businessmen. I'll be doing this with my friend and colleague, journalist Sergei Slipchenko. We believe that to understand how these businessmen died is to understand more realistically how the Kremlin truly operates. Now, of course, we're not the only reporters to have done this. We're relying on the work of many other sources and people who are helping us. Some of them can't be named. To appreciate the relevance of these deaths, I think it's best to first understand the role of the oligarch within Russia. Now, side note, we do have oligarchy in the West as well. We just tend to refer to it by different terms such as lobbying. Anyway, for this series, we'll be focusing on Russia. Now, admittedly, not all of the dead Russians in this series are necessarily stirred-up oligarchs. They've often been branded as such by Western media, but it doesn't always apply. The lines are blurry. We're using the term loosely to help understand a complicated situation. Ultimately, though, all the dead businessmen were wealthy via employment in Kremlin-linked business or otherwise had connections to the Russian government, oligarch branding or not. But what actually is an oligarch? An oligarch, put simply, is a wealthy businessman with deep political power and connections to government. Whilst Russia has a specifically recent history of oligarchs since the fall of the Soviet Union, the oligarch is by no means a Russian concept only. However, in Russia, oligarchs are often very useful for the government when they're trying to dodge sanctions. This is usually due to the complicated structure of their firms and shareholdings. We'll go into this in detail in a later episode. As you'll see, many of the dead Russian businessmen of the last 12 months share several characteristics with the tried and tested oligarchs. One of the first murders we're looking into occurred just one month after the Russian invasion of Ukraine. This is what happened to Vasily Melnikov. On March 23rd, 2022, affluent Russian businessman Vasily Melnikov, 41, was found dead alongside his family in their upscale Moscow apartment in the Nizhny Novgorod area. The family nanny discovered them. They'd all been stabbed to death. Vasily, his wife and their two sons, aged four and ten years old. The killings were brutal and tragic. Straight away, some European media outlets speculated that it could be a contract killing, an assassination. According to the police in Moscow, though, it was a murder-suicide. They state that Vasily stabbed his own family to death before killing himself also with a knife. Case closed. There's currently no verified indication as to why this atrocity happened. Outwardly, things seemed to be going well for Vasily Melnikov. Him and his family had just returned from a luxury holiday in the Maldives, and Vasily's company, Medstom, had just secured a lucrative $3.5 million contract. However, despite this success, an unnamed source told Russian media that Vasily was apparently suicidal and had confided this to his wife. 
There's no indication though as to why he would so callously take his whole family with him. Now, on the face of it, this could just be a case of a rich guy who went berserk and killed his whole family before committing suicide. Maybe it really is an open and shut case. It's possible. Sadly, things like that do happen. However, when me and Sergi started looking into the Melnikov murder-suicide, we noticed a few unusual details. What specifically caught our eye was one of the knives used in the killings. In one of the crime scene photos, the murder weapon, a tactical style knife, was seen resting on a kitchen unit with blood on the end of the blade. Moulded into the handle was the insignia of Russia's special rapid response team. They used the acronym SOBR, which was also visible in the handle of the knife. The SOBR, or SOBA, is an elite force in Russia which was originally formed to deal with domestic anti-terrorism situations and high-level organised crime. They even fought against rebels in the Chechen and Dagestani wars. The knife at the crime scene appears to belong to the SOBR. Sergi explains. The knife was like part of the evidence, the Sober knife. Sober uh, is a Russian, basically SWAT. It's like a special forces unit in the police. They were disbanded. After like the early 2000s, but at that time they were like the elite kind of police, like counter-terrorist organization. I, I think I think the West also has this where when you join like one of these groups, you get like a knife, um, kind of like, uh, I guess they're like badge of honor. As Sergi mentioned, the SOBR was at one point dissolved. This was in 2002. It was reclassified and given a new name. Later though, in 2012, an evolved version of these units was rearranged more broadly as special forces and given the old name of the SOBR. Whilst under different branches of control, the new SOBR is in many ways the same as the original. In 2022, SOBR units took part in Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It seems that the idea was that they'd be put in place to crush riots in Kiev once the Russian military had taken the city. The Kremlin believed this would happen quickly. They were wrong. Ukrainian military and armed volunteers defended the capital. Over a year later, the nearest Russian position is around 500 kilometers away from Kiev. During the initial attacks on Kiev in February 2022, there are reports that a whole unit of the SOBR was killed on the outskirts of the city. So that's the SOBR. A knife of theirs is clearly not your average homeware item. Yet this was to hand, allegedly, for Vasily Melnikov when he killed his whole family and then himself. What they found at the scene was a sober knife. Um, yeah, here it says there were multiple uh, knives, but this one was specifically photographed and uh, it caught my attention because like, you could see the insignia on it, whereas the other knives are just kind of plain. Um, and, you know, this could be a replica. It could be something he was gifted. But it's just interesting that he has this potentially memorabilia, potentially an actual uh, knife from the group. From what I can tell, he wasn't a part of anything. He wasn't a part of like uh, any police units, any of these special forces, but... I mean, technically, that is the only way you get one, like a legitimate one, right? But again, 
who knows? Where this knife is actually from is important. If it's genuine, at the very least, it shows Vasily Melnikov had some connection to someone who was once a member of the SOBR, even if he just bought it from them as a collectible or was gifted it. And if it wasn't Vasily's knife, whose was it? Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep experts. <sighs> here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. 
But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. Over the last decade of my career as a journalist, I've covered dozens of wars on the ground all over the world. From the trenches of East Ukraine to the barricades of East Jerusalem, I've never actually seen any fighters put that much value into a combat knife other than it being a useful tool. I've seen people cut rope with them or open a can of food, but otherwise it's hardly used as a weapon on the front lines. If anything, I've seen them passed around a few times as a sort of collectible or war trophy. But generally, in my experience at least, it's something fighters will have at war, but again, it's just more of a tool than anything else. So, perhaps Vasily Melnikov fought somewhere and picked this knife up along the way and kept it as a sort of souvenir. It's possible. But neither Sergi or myself could find any information on Vasily Melnikov fighting in any wars. Not one that the SOBR units fought in, no old photos on his social media, no mention of previous service, nothing. It's likely he didn't fight. Still though, this SOBR knife was found in his apartment and was used in the murder of his family. Due to its specific connection to the Russian government and its numerous armed forces, we of course want to find out where it's from. So, I reached out to several different knife collectors and experts to see if they could shed any light on the knife. A few of them who really know their stuff are associated with the conflict journalism collective that I run, Popular Front. At Popular Front, we have a network all over the world where people with very niche esoteric knowledge on war and conflict come together. And so, some of our people happen to know a lot about combat knives, both collectible and practical. Speaking to these people, it became clear that the SOBR knife pictured in the crime scene photos is an NR43 knife a relatively inexpensive scout knife first created in 1943 and issued to Russian special forces. Either that or it's a replica. Still, the design matches exactly with the Russian special forces scout knives. Whilst the crime scene photo of the knife is a bit out of focus, a specific logo can be seen on the blade of the knife. The logo looks like the infinity symbol or the number 8. It's the logo of AIR's Latouste, a large Russian knife manufacturer. 
they make decent knives that are generally pretty accessible. You can buy a brand new NR43 knife, for example, from Zlatoust in Europe for around 100 euros. So the knife was manufactured by AIR Zlatoust. However, there isn't a single one of their NR43 knife for sale anywhere that has the SOBR medallion molded into the handle the same way as the Melnikov murder weapon. There aren't currently any commercially available NR43 knives like that. So where did it come from? We thought maybe theoretically at some point a specific SOBR unit could have commissioned a batch of bespoke knives from AI Azlatust to award to some of its fighters. It's quite possible. Now, this company is obviously not going to tell us the specific details of another customer's purchases, especially if it actually was SOBR. But we wanted to know if we could order the same bespoke knife. That would tell us something at least. We reached out to AI Azlatus to see if this was possible, essentially acting as a customer. They said, quote, Yes, such an order with such an emblem can be completed. End quote. Later, they sent us a mock-up of what it would look like. Instead of the knife with the SOBR medallion molded into the plastic of the handle, they sent us a version that would have the SOBR insignia laser engraved onto the hilt of the blade. Whilst that's not the same knife as what Vasily Melnikov apparently killed himself and his whole family with, it's pretty close. My point being, it's definitely possible that this knife could have been produced by someone unrelated to the SOBR. But still, why did Vasily Melnikov have it if it was just a random replica? He was a multi-millionaire and the quality of the knife is largely unremarkable. Here's what our knife collector associate had to say about the blade. It didn't really strike me as anything particularly special. Um, just your, your your typical combat type knife that you'd see for sale anywhere from some sort of a, a gas station or, or junk shop all the way through maybe a, an outdoors tactical or a surplus type shop. As far as construction goes, it's not anything particularly um, high end, definitely not custom. Um, just your, your typical machine-made, uh, mass-produced item. So, if the blade doesn't appear to be particularly special superficially, maybe it had some sentimental value for Vasily Melnikov. Or, as others seem to believe, maybe it wasn't his at all. Online in Russia, there are various theories and rumours going around about Vasily Melnikov and the slaughter of his family. Many believe he was killed on behalf of the Russian government. In fact, so many Russian oligarchs have died in the last year that it's become somewhat of a running joke. Vasily was just another one. Even pro-Russian telegram channels linked to Russian units fighting in Ukraine joke about the likelihood of being bumped off by their own government. For example, the operator of the Russian propaganda telegram channel Grey Zone, with more than 400,000 members, wrote recently saying, quote, Once I was having a cup of tea with a comrade from the general staff of the armed forces of Russia, talking about the various risks and consequences of saying certain things in this channel on telegram. 
I jokingly said that one day I might fall out of a window, to which my comrade replied, Bro, if the generals want to eliminate you by throwing you from a window, they'll most likely throw you from the first floor. End quote. As we'll find out later in this series, falling out of the window is something many Russian oligarchs have recently had in common. Plenty of people online in Russia have found the whole situation suspicious. Now, I don't speak Russian, but Sergei does. He found numerous comments relating to the Vasily Melnikov murders. There's a lot of speculations, you know, a lot of them say like, oh, look at them cleaning, cleaning out, you know, referring to like whoever's higher up kind of maybe cutting, uh, closing loose ends or getting rid of like people who might know some like have dirt on them, you know, it's all over the place, you know, um, mostly you see this on uh, Kontaktia, like their VK, uh, like Facebook kind of counterpart. Uh, you see this on the actual articles because, you know, you can post anonymously. So a lot of people will say like, oh, smell suspicious or like, oh, is this, do you really want us to believe this? Um, doesn't go like anywhere from that. But, you know, it's it's interesting to see that a lot of people are voicing the fact that like this sounds like bullshit. It almost seems like they're used to it. They're kind of like, oh, there goes another one. It's nothing new to them. That said, rumors and theories on the Internet are just rumors and theories on the Internet. We don't know if they hold any weight. Often, they don't. What we do know, though, is that the police in Russia say that Vasily Melnikov killed his whole family. A brutal act beyond most people's imagination. This crime is so awful that it even has its own terminology. It's often referred to as familicide and the perpetrators as family annihilators. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. To get a better understanding of this horror, I spoke to Professor Elizabeth Yardley. She's a professor of criminology at Birmingham University in the UK. She's studied family annihilation at length and has authored several papers on it. When this individual kills their family, and so that is often their wife or female partner and their biological children, and in some cases, they then kill themselves as well. And in other cases, they don't. So it is the wiping out, essentially, of the entire nuclear family unit in, in one particular event. Right. And you've done a lot of research on this. Obviously, it's a case-by-case basis. But is there any kind of idea that's shared by people as to why people do this? Because it's extremely violent. It's just unbelievable to anyone that's saying that someone would kill their own family. Um, Is there any kind of consensus on why this might happen? Yeah, I think for me, the the two key words are uh, control and possession. Um, When I look at cases of family annihilation, the family, the family members who are murdered, very often they're not seen as, as, as living, breathing human beings with their own hopes and dreams and, and freedoms and choices. Mm. They're seen as objects that are possessed by um, the, the perpetrator. They are uh, things that the perpetrator owns and therefore the perpetrator can do, you know, what, what he wants with them. And these cases are really interesting because a lot of the coverage of the cases will present these as cases where somebody's snapped, somebody's lost it. They've gone overnight from, you know, a loving, caring father figure to, you know, a homicidal maniac. And that just doesn't happen. Snapping isn't actually a thing. And when you look in detail at these cases, um, when you find out the details about these families and their lives, what you often come across is quite significant histories of domestic abuse of coercive and controlling behaviour, of very kind of domineering head of the household type figures. So so it does make sense 
when you look at it in that broader context. And and I don't think I've come across a single case where somebody has just, you know, snapped and lost it in an instant. That that doesn't tend to happen. Do you think that it's a case of someone over the years or over a certain amount of time kind of fermenting these ideas and, you know, getting more angry? Or do you think this is something that someone potentially kind of always had in them? I think it's something that they've always had in them because the way that they think about their family, the way they think about other people, that is an element of their personality. That That's very much part and parcel of them. To be controlling is normal for them. To be possessive is normal for them. To be abusive is normal for them. So this is the key thing about all of the family annihilations that I've covered. It's like it's more about continuity than it is about change. Right. And very often these individuals are quite good at maintaining like a facade of normality and respectability and this veneer, which most people don't really get to see behind. Um, so it is really shocking when this kind of thing happens. But very often you, you speak to people who are kind of known intimately to those involved in a kind of crime like this and they're like, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he was an awful person. Right. You know, he was just very good at claiming that he wasn't. This case that uh, I'm looking at with this guy in Russia, this Melnikov guy. The thing with him is, though, he he just come off of a very luxurious holiday with his two children and his wife in the Maldives. He just made a deal on a $3.5 million business contract. And he had a really nice flat in an up, upmarket part of um, Moscow on the outside, like everything was going good for him. Now, allegedly, he he told his wife he was depressed, but the the source for that is kind of like anonymous person that told a Russian government media channel, so it's not exactly reliable. But he seemed to have everything going for him. Yet he apparently, according to the to the Russian police, killed his whole family using a series of different knives. Also, then killed himself. Um, he seemed to kind of have everything going for him. Um, do you see that kind of stuff happen as well? Do people do this even if, you know, everything financial is okay? And, you you know, I mean, who knows what is going through someone's head? But I don't know. This guy didn't seem to be losing things. It was quite the opposite. No, that doesn't really ring true for me. If he's if he's seeing a particular level of success and, like you said, he's got this, this big multi-million pound contract in the offing and, and if he's, you know, quite well healed and things are going well... That's not the time when this sort of thing tends to happen. When you've got situations um, where, you know, large amounts of money are involved, it's normally when there's the threat of losing that money, right. when that's like a real thing. Um, and the murders are essentially a way of sort of regaining control, essentially, because for a lot of these guys, um, the family is is a way of kind of displaying success. It's their indicator to the world that they've made it. You know, they're, they're economically successful. They've got money. And, um, if you think of, you know, that the vast expense that comes with having a family, the family home and, and very often, um, some expensive leisure pursuits and hobbies and that kind of thing. And these grand holidays in the Maldives, that's basically announcing to the rest of the world, I've made it. And look, my family are helping me perform my success to the rest of the world. When there's the threat of that money kind of going away. The family doesn't serve a function anymore because for these guys, the family is a way of performing success. There isn't any real sort of genuine emotion or, or kind of attachment to the people in the family. They're simply props. And and when the fuel essentially runs out, the money runs out, it's like, oh, well, you know, that they're, they're not serving their purpose anymore. 
I'm I'm kind of finished with them and I, I'm done with this and I'm going to take it all down in in the final kind of act of control. Some of his neighbours were saying that he'd recently hired a bodyguard to kind of take his kids to school, which, I mean, I don't know, but it, that doesn't scream to me a guy that is, you know, quite happily ready to just kill his family if he wants to protect his kids. Yeah, yeah. It does. It really doesn't resonate with me in terms of that kind of family annihilator um, because they, they will do this. They will carry out these murders and, and end their own lives before everything goes horribly wrong yeah it's um, yeah. It, it doesn't really stack up for me what is also interesting to me so in in this research that we're doing we have found people that are you know in some ways connected in the way that they're russian millionaires and billionaires and they have some connections to the state i mean they don't know each other i'm sure they knew of each other some of them but in some way they're connected and there's over a dozen of these so-called oligarchs that are dead and two at least two maybe we think three did this family annihilation? It is an incredibly rare phenomenon. Having a clustering of them like this is is relatively unusual, especially within you know similar circles within within the the, the same nation within a particular time period. It it would seem quite anomalous to me. Yeah, and at least two of them. So the two that we know for certain uh, annihilated their whole families. There's two children that survived that, you know, they were older, they weren't in the house. Both of them have said that there's just no way, like there is no way that they did this. But again, I mean, I guess we have heard that before. Um, do you think that's like a, I don't know, do you, do you think that's worth listening to? I mean, these are members of this guy's family, like literally their other children. But I guess their children would say that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, the very fact that biological children of the alleged perpetrator have survived tells me that this is very different from any family annihilation I've come across before because when the perpetrator takes their family out, they take everybody out. They, they make sure that those children are home for the weekend or that they're all together as a family. They don't leave leave anybody behind. All the, all the members of that particular nuclear family unit, the perpetrator takes them all out. They won't leave somebody behind it's yeah that's that's quite odd have you seen cases before where they've committed familicide or whatever you call it they've killed their whole family and have you seen situations where they've made sure like they've made sure that everyone was there they've called someone in they made sure it's a family weekend or a dinner or something like that yeah and several of these cases that we came across happened on the family holiday the one time when they were all together you know, without any sort of outside influence that they might be in a different country. Um, but no, there's a very deliberate attempt to make sure that, that nobody can get away, essentially, and that everybody's contained within the, the same space. Um, so, yeah, to have people surviving who are part of that nuclear family unit is is really quite strange to me. I mean, it might be that we've discovered a whole new type of family annihilator here, right. you know? <laughs> But this doesn't fit with anything I've ever seen before, to be to be honest. I think if you were to, to develop a checklist for, you know, characteristics associated with family annihilation, like, this would not be on that checklist. Now, that's all not to say that Vasily Melnikov didn't do it, but it clearly doesn't quite fit the pattern of behaviour of other family annihilators, not according to Professor Yardley, someone who knows a lot about this. Something else that seems a bit off, as I mentioned, is the claim that Vasily Melnikov hired a bodyguard for his kids, at least according to his neighbours. Why, if he was planning to kill his family, would he hire someone to protect them? The neighbours said they'd seen the bodyguard taking the children to school, the children who would, sadly, be murdered later on. 
There were also rumours again from the neighbours that Vasily had a murky past, possibly involved with criminal networks in other cities. Still, these are just rumours. What isn't rumour though is Vasily Melnikov's autopsy report. According to that, Vasily had a stab wound in his foot. So if we take the official story as truth, Vasily stabbed his family to death with at least two different knives and then stabbed himself in the foot before killing himself outright. Maybe, or maybe the stab to the foot was a defense wound. And maybe, as some people speculate, the two different knives were held by two different people. Maybe Vasily had upset some people. Maybe those people killed Vasily Melnikov and his family as a punishment and a warning to other oligarchs who don't play ball. We don't know. It's just a theory. Unfortunately, in this series, you won't get definitive answers. Real life doesn't always get tied up in a bow, especially not when looking into the deaths of the Russian elite. We don't exactly know what happened to Vasily Melnikov or many of the other oligarchs will cover. What we do know is that a suspicious pattern emerges the closer you look into the deaths of these rich Russian businessmen. Sad Oligarch is a H11 production for Cool Zone Media and iHeartRadio. Hosted, produced, researched and edited by me, Jake Hanrahan and Sergi Slipchenko. Co-produced by Sophie Lichterman. Music by Sam Black. Artwork by Adam Doyle. Sound mix by Splicing Block. Go to jakehanrahan.com for more information. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the best all-inclusive vacation deals to Mexico and the Caribbean, booking your getaway with cheap Caribbean vacations means you have more freedom. Whether you want to enjoy snorkeling, endless margaritas, and more, cheap Caribbean vacations has your deal for that. Plan and book using our exclusive budget beach finder or find a featured all-inclusive package to Hyatt Ziva Riviera Cancun at CheapCaribbean.com. That's CheapCaribbean.com. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Introducing the Lisa Chill Collection, your answer to hot nights. These mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers, whisking away heat for the perfect sleep temperature. Save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows when you shop now. 
iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.